Breakfast in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. I wonder how often you think about concussion and about what happens if you get a bang on the head and there's that sort of moment. And particularly often with children playing sport, football, rugby, whatever can happen with cricket, uh, you know, if you take a ball to the head. And for years and years and years, uh, you've been told, and I was told, you were probably told, maybe you teach young children, I'm sure you were told, that if someone got concussed, what you were supposed to do is basically take things easy for a couple of days, go and lie down rest that advice is changing professor john patricius is a professor a sports physician and professor of sport and exercise medicine at the Witz faculty of sport of health sciences professor patricius has been many years good morning uh, good morning uh, to you, Stephen, and to the listeners. Thanks for having me. Okay, so there's been a whole big look at all of this, and you co-chaired uh, this 100 group of this group of 100 people, researchers and clinicians. How are you changing the advice for people who have suffered a concussion? So, the, as you've mentioned in your introduction, there has been an evolution in terms of our understanding of concussion and its pathophysiology. And as a result, we've changed our advice. So there are a few key messages that I think come across from our latest systematic reviews and consensus statement. The first is that there are options to actually prevent concussion in the first place. Now, those come from things like policy changes in sport, and we've seen some of those changes in rugby, like in the tackle laws. They come from uh, ice hockey, where wearing a mouth guard is shown to be beneficial. It comes from conditioning, so general conditioning and improving coordination and neck strengthening may help. Uh, and it comes from managing each concussion properly. So if you condition, prevent, and obey the laws of the game, your risks are reduced. The second thing is that exactly what you've said, we've changed our philosophy about going to lie in a dark room afterwards and not doing anything to saying no. What the body needs actually to get back into sync is controlled stimulation. Now, that comes in the first instance in the first 24 to 48 hours by getting back into your daily routine without overexerting yourself. And then within 48 hours, actually deliberately starting to do light exercise. Now, what that does is two things. One is it corrects the body's what we call autonomic nervous system, so the way your nervous system regulates itself and the way you think and you breathe and your heart beats, etc. And it also seems to have psychological benefits. So particularly for active sports people, to be kept uh, enclosed and still is uh, something that results often in depression and anxiety. And by getting them going early, it seems to improve their moods and improve their chances of recovery to the extent that the research shows that you can actually, with early controlled exercise, and I emphasize that it has to be the right type of exercise, reduce recovery times by up to five days. Sure. So that's quite significant. And to facilitate this, we've come up this group uh, called the Concussion in Sports Group with guidelines for return to learning, return to sport, and a number of tools to help healthcare professionals evaluate patients and facilitate this process. The advice that you should not go back on the sports field for three weeks after suffering a concussion, is that changing? We don't put a definitive time frame on it. What we do say is you shouldn't go back until you've been formally evaluated and you've been through this graduated return to sport process. In other words, you expose yourself to exercise at graduated increased levels day by day. 
starting off with very light exercise, more intense exercise, semi-contact, contact, etc., and your symptoms are monitored. And we've now got symptom scales where those can be monitored, and we've got protocols in place which will allow a broad range of healthcare professionals. So it's not just sports medicine professionals like me. Your GP will have the guidelines available to her or him, and they'll be able to help you based on the outputs from this consensus process. There are other things to this. So um, uh, we're seeing quite big changes, particularly to the sport of rugby. And this is quite controversial. Some people well, sort of controversial. Some people are saying, look, you know, things should stay the same. We have uncontested scrums and test matches. You never had that before. Um, Are we going to see more changes? I mean, it changes the nature of the sport. Yeah, I think that's the challenge in contact and collision sport is to make sure you make the game as safe as possible, but at the same time, try not to change the fabric of the game. But the health of the of the athlete must come first. And organizations like World Rugby are at the forefront of these changes to make the game safer and has, have incorporated and will continue to incorporate some of these recommendations in their guidelines. But taking, you know, taking the tackle out of a game, for instance, would completely change the fabric of the game. But making the tackle safer is a central aspect of a lot of the research going on. And there's tremendous interest still in contact and collision sports. One only has to look at the number of women participating in rugby now where they weren't before. And there's a lot about games like rugby that are very attractive. But I think uh, the, the administrators of the game are also obliged to look at ways of making it safer. And to their credit, they're working closely with the scientists and clinicians to be able to do that. Professor John Patricius, thank you very much indeed. Sports physician and professor of sport and exercise medicine at the Witz Faculty of Health Sciences.